0: The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature.
1: Dear friends and sacred souls, welcome to the third episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast and to this grand community of healing and awakening beings. Thanks for connecting. In our last episode, we further explored Jay's healing and awakening journey. We definitely uncovered so much meaningful content we were also able to touch on some practical yet profound daily usable steps. In this episode, we will unravel how through Jay's Kundalini awakening experience, the profound nature of life's basics beyond the ego persona were revealed and how they can help so many others today. We'll touch on what Kundalini is for those who are new to the term, some powerful metaphors and ways to become more aware to expose the idea of the ego and how to discern between the ego mind and the true self. We'll explore the basics between the body, energy bodies, chakras, yogas, and how this relates to everyone. We'll share some comments and observations regarding the shift that we, as humanity, seem to be going through. We'll comment on our current climate of deception and information warfare that's there to distract us from looking within. And finally, the good
0: news.
1: (laughs) And finally, the good news, the silver lining in it all.
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks, Ro. Greetings, beautiful community. Thank you for tuning in to the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Our dear listeners, it's going to be a powerful episode indeed.
1: Indeed. Our mission and purpose with Sacred Dynamics is to support the restoration of humanity through the healing and awakening process. The great work. Absolutely. To shine as a beacon of light, to be a calm guiding hand through the storm. So relevant is this work during our current times of chaos, confusion, and transition. The true commitment starts with the healing and awakening of oneself now and then radiates outwards to all-beautiful self. And uh, back to the Sacred Heart.
0: Back to the Sacred Heart. Know thyself, know thy purpose.
1: Yes, I would like to add a relevant note before we kick it off. Mm-hmm. It's important that we emphasize the, deep, the deeper method and reasoning between, uh, behind sacred dynamics and our mission here. We are definitely not here to try and convert people to a new belief system, Quite the contrary, actually.
0: Good point. Indeed. Thank you, Ro. And yes, very significant. We're really here as stewards of the sacred heart. We're here to assist in revealing what is real, what is now, actually circling back to the ancient knowing, Mm -hmm. the living story, tapping into the living story. And we invite those who feel compelled and moved by what is moving us. And what is moving us is the sacred heart. It is the divine self. So from this moment forward, know that when we speak of the self, we're speaking of the sacred heart. These are synonymous. So we invite you, our dear listeners, to to be present, lucid, coherent, to train and guard the mind, to breathe deeply and embody this moment, to embody life itself. Which is always when, Ro?
1: It's always now, bro. Exactamente!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So important to realize the existence of the heart intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's been very helpful to me to think and realize that there is not only brain intelligence, but also heart intelligence. I actually like to call it heart wisdom. Mm -hmm. So please, Relax, breathe, connect to your heart energy, and enjoy the episode. Many very useful and practical nuggets will be shared.
0: Yes, indeed. Heart wisdom. To heal is to awaken. To clear away the confusion, the stress and static, and realize that you are the ever-present consciousness light. You see, all is consciousness. Consciousness is from where everything emerges, including this physiology, including this speaker here. This physiology is an expression of consciousness itself. And consciousness, you see, itself is not something that emerges. It's the pre-existing fabric of the entire experience that we call
1: life. The pre-existing fabric.
0: Mm-hmm. The fabric.
1: Absolutely. So, Jay, what is evolution then?
0: Ooh, that, <laughs> that's a pretty powerful question, bro.
1: Well, we're here to explore powerful concepts and um, realities.
0: All right, fair enough. I'm uh, w- w- Here's how I'll answer it. This very powerful. And you're going to hear all sorts of different answers for what this is. But, you know... We could say that evolution is a gaining of more and more cosmic consciousness. The knower increases consciousness. You know, our nervous system is what informs the mind body from the consciousness field through the nervous system, through the invisible formless fabric, the substrate, as it's called. Mm -hmm. I am is the light shining through the mind and body. Enlightenment is essentially gaining, or the gaining of conscious capacity. So that's what I would say is
1: evolution. Wow, that's a good answer. I've <laughs> never heard it before like that.
0: Well, probably won't hear it that much like that, but uh, you know,
1: it is what it is.
0: Indeed, let me tell you, we're going to invite you, our dear listeners, not to believe, as Rose said earlier, but to witness through investigation. Natural laws in action. No, to witness the mind and the body in process. We invite you to guard and train your mind. Recognize that you are the observer. And I'd like to say that the observer, or let's say the witness, is not the one in the scene of the crime. It's the one witnessing it. You see? Mm. You don't, aren't part of the scene. You're the witness. Oh? And so witnessing the living story... This will reveal all, guys. This is heart knowledge. This is heart
1: wisdom. Absolutely. To clear away the confusion, stress and static. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's super clear. This means that in the current way of living, we must realize that basically we have some level of intoxication. Mm. And in this intoxication, uh, you know, this, this intoxication may be coming from the normal quote-unquote, normal patterns or habits mm. we repeat day in and day out, like news consumption, conversations, thoughts, intake of different foodstuffs, etc.
0: Yeah, propaganda. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> Social media. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> People who, who are in uh, emotional states where they want to make you take on their, their pain and victimhood, right, pass it back to Mike.
1: The point here is we must question everything, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's worth repeating the pattern or habit or if it's not, Mm. you know. Are you guys aware of your patterns? This is an important question to be asked often.
0: Wow, well said. Agreed. You know, contemporary life really has got everyone so distracted. Everyone's so flooded in content and the content is looking to plant seeds in your mind. And of course, it's lacking in context. So flooded in content and lacking in context. You know, the world is, I I like to be real and say that the world is coming for your mind.
1: It's coming for your mind.
0: Yeah, it's coming for your mind. Mm -hmm. It wants access. And, you know, once you're on the path to awaken, there's no turning back. (laughs) <laughs> so, no matter how much you want to, again, live a normal life, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. you discover quickly that there is no such thing as normal. And, in fact, the normal that you once knew, now you see that as an illusion. You see how it
1: works? I see. And, uh, wow. So true. So powerful. And I get the, the, the content part. It's, uh, it's pretty evident. But what do you mean when you say context?
0: So so when I say context I'm referring to the discernment factor. So to discern is to have this deep uh, ability to see through between the lines, to be able to put context to all of these uh, you know relative shapes and factors. I mean the very way we've been taught in our contemporary western world to learn is actually basically conformism it's intellectual programming memorize and recall programming the mind infinite combinations of letters numbers infinite distractions no from what from going inside
1: from the self distractions from the self oof so instead of operating in autopilot no one must master the mind, remember and be the true self. This would be higher self
0: yeah, there's your revelation right there. I like to use the uh, computer metaphor, the idea that if you if you this is a in these these times this is a very clear and profound metaphor. You look at the computer and the way that you operate on the computer is that you open up a program, it starts running, and now imagine that you open a program and then all of a sudden you open another program and it covers the program that you were, you were looking
1: at. So you, you just kind of like forget about it.
0: Then you open another program and it covers over top of that program and the only one you can see is the one that's currently there, but it's starting to strain the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. It's starting to So now you've got all these programs open and even if you imagine that you downsize some of them, but you don't actually reconcile or complete them, so now you downsize some and you keep adding. And what happens? Obviously, starts to slow down, starts to get you know com- too much complexity, and ultimately the computer's gonna heat up or shut down. Absolutely, this is kind of what's going on with pe- people, and they don't know that there's now. Imagine that in a person, there are programs that one doesn't know they opened it and doesn't have the ability to see on their screen that it's open
1: and where to close it and there's an and there's another one <laughs> right it's a I mean, lovely intense. metaphor it's it's a very <laughs> it's I intense mean, it's very intense and and but, but it's a it's a perfect metaphor for for the actual current way of living no mm-hmm. um, i personally like to be focused on what i'm actually doing so, for me, it's very important to close the programs right when I finish using it, using them, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would say that breath is absolute key to, to achieve this, no?
0: Indeed. Always
1: be breathing. We'll talk about more. We'll talk about breath more in, in, oh, yeah. in the next.
0: In, yeah, in the next episode, I think, huh? Absolutely. We're going to hop into it's the coming for it's sure. coming. Relative knowledge versus heart. Self-knowledge. This is relative intellectual knowledge. This is what we were talking about, as far as these unending combinations, mm-hmm. you no, know, of letters and numbers. And the thing is, is that this knowledge is easy, mani- easily manipulated. And so this is what has hijacked science, and science has become the religion of material. And so this is there's a hijack happening. What is it? It's that there's these patterns that are being imprinted that we're taking on through the TV and media and all these things. And people are taking on these patterns into their computer. The programs are running. The mm-hmm. seeds go into the field of the mind mm-hmm. and the seeds grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is our, uh, climate. And, and, you know, the, the thing is, is that the, uh, the indigenous peoples, like, you know, Native Americans, sacred cultures, um, they knew this hard knowledge. They, you know, they were informed through the one great spirit, you know, through the heart, through the self. So for tens of thousands, I mean even millions of years, sacred wisdom of the heart was the factor. This is what we were, you know, that people were communing with and communicating with in their uh, you know, through the heart, heart communication.
1: Yeah. I feel I feel sad that that's not the case now, no? Like in t- in general terms. I mean, if we worked and and make decisions with the heart, it would be a very different experience. Indeed. You yeah. know. Well,
0: that's why we're doing it, and we're going to see if anyone else wants to join. Please do. Please do.
1: Yeah, sacred wisdom of the heart. Um, such a powerful metaphor, and it makes so much sense. Instead of arguing about intellectual ideas, theories, etc., get a hold of your mind. Mm-hmm. Utilize your faculty to clearly witness the living story. Just be the unified heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Love it. Well... Dear listeners, thanks again for this opportunity to share such meaningful space, such meaningful akash, such powerful experiences. And, you know, um, I'm not here claiming to be a saint or a sage. I am that I am. And by divine grace and through a series of events, this instrument was awakened to the infinite divine heart, the true self.
1: Thank you, Jay. Thank you, brother, for sharing uh, you know, for your willingness to share all this uh, important experience so openly and 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 with such generosity i i I understand that this is information that you haven 't really shared uh, very pardon?
0: very personal, very intimate yeah yeah,
1: so thanks for that mm-hmm. and uh, before we continue, I have a quick question i've noticed when someone asks you uh, "How are you?" you answered, "I am." Is this some sort of brain hack to return to that awareness to return to center to return to the heart <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, you know what it's a very clear statement actually, and that's the point is is to be is to be clear you know the one thing that is certain is that you exist, I am, and everything else comes and goes, so it's like um, were you happy two minutes ago and then you were sad earlier, but then you were these are all fleeting. Let's mm-hmm. get right into the center, you know? These are perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so you notice that most people usually respond with, like, you know, a, a robotic response. Like, how are you? Ah, good. Super good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You you good. Okay, good.
1: move on. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so how are you? I am. Oh, yeah. Highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: tell you, um, you know, to, to, to even share this experience... I've learned through great difficulty and hardship to bring this to the table. And that's part of the love and respect that's being shared here is that it has been through a lot of, you know, difficulty and hardship. And, you know, my mission is to support and our mission is to support the guidance back to the heart, you know, to heal and awaken is essentially to remove all distortion, all camouflage from the natural flowing self. This is what it is to be purified. Mm -hmm. And I am, pause, choosing to voice (laughs) (laughs) these very intimate and very powerful and very moving realizations and, you know, pivotal life experiences through this podcast series with you and with our audience. And, you know, this I'm very certain is the time to share. Mm -hmm. And, you know, may these experiences through the speaker's life, this journey be a beacon of light as we, you know, as we express a calm, guided hand through the storm. And, you know, what I'm about to share is nothing short of a spiritual resurrection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, subsequently the epiphanies that provided the method and powerful results that
1: flow through sacred dynamics. Nice. So again, brother, thank you for your willingness. Thank you for... um, sharing the calling and, you know, all the information and content that you'll give us today. Thank you. With pure gratitude, brother. So, for our listeners out there, before you begin, a very basic question. What is Kundalini?
0: Yes, good question, of course. Well, a very important starting point, I I imagine, especially for our listeners who may be new to this word or concept. Kundalini in a yogic term, it's, it's a Sanskrit word and a yogic term, and it is known as the coiled serpent, the cosmic womb and the potency of the universal seed. The, the dance, as they say, the dance between consciousness and energy, or in the yoga tradition, it's the dance between Shiva and Shakti. And, you know, this is energetically unveiled. It is the activated interplay of electromagnetism. Mm. And so to to add an additional clue, this process ignites the two poles, the electric at the head and the magnetic at the base. And it it unites and engages in where this, they call the coiled serpent, which is the sexual area, the base of the body. And this is also where the creation center for new life is, of course, you see, using wow. that life force power, the sexual juice, man.
1: It's fascinating. This is one of the many biological marvels latent in, human, in the human system. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important to understand that if we activate it, or at least we work with this energy, we open many, many possibilities to live and enjoy life in a more connected and a more beautiful way. So I would say it helps uh, purify, it helps uh, get you centered and for sure grounded and uh, many, many other marvelous things.
0: Indeed. The activation itself is like a natural blossoming process. And, you know, this, which let's, let's swerve into our story. You know, it, it's going to begin, let's begin on the day of this uh, experience, this energetic spiritual awakening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, it happened through the breaking down and reconfiguration of this speaker here. The breaking
1: pure, down your meaning like... Uh,
0: the breakdown. Yeah. Like, you know, breaking down, dismantling mm-hmm. the character that was in the way. Exactly. And this, you know, this was a, a, a pure heart, pure self-revelation you know really my uh, my absolute devotion for complete union with the source of my existence was the driver and mm. is the driver and always will be the driver and you know it's not an interest to get caught up in exotic experiences through knowledge or the what's becoming very common the spiritual ego which we'll talk about not a step by step schematic but a spontaneous energetic release. Mm-hmm. You know, I had engaged in different forms of mind training, study and practice, obviously by this point, And yet this awakening experience did not unravel through any certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I, and it's very, I feel very compelled to point this out. It basically happened surprisingly, spontaneously, and by getting out of the way, like, this spiritual momentum.
1: Yeah. So could you explain a bit more the getting out of the way part?
0: So, well, actually, it's quite mind-blowing even to recall and speak about this experience, really. So, you know, the ego mind, the idea of who we think we are, this is the veil. It's what's in the way.
1: It's immediate.
0: It's what's in the way. And so, by the way... It took years and years to fully unpack and understand this experience, like, like putting together clues or synchronicities of events. This was, this took years to unpack this experience. And I have come to realize that I had been preparing for this for lives. Yeah. To be a guide, to be in this chair, to be here now, to express and to be this, you know, the guide to guide us back to the heart.
1: Beautiful. So, let's begin the journey back to the heart center. Indeed, indeed.
0: So, uh, that day, my wife and kids had left.
1: What year was this? Just to place this a little bit of...
0: was 2014. Cool. So, it's, it's been a while now. It took years to unpack this, baby. Yeah. Um, my wife and kids had left... Me alone at, the, at home that day. And shortly after their departure, it was like this spontaneous ceremony just began starting to unfold. I was in the midst of the body moving and fluid motion. It was like, it was like stepping into a, like stepping into something that took over my expression, just stepped in and it just took over. And so through, you know, fluid movement and spontaneous, uh, you know, kind of flowing effortlessness, I just kind of stepped into
1: it. Mm -hmm. So, but you, you weren't, I mean, you were in practice at this point, no, you weren't doing chores at the house or anything like that. No, no, I was,
0: so I was basically, uh, prepared as during those times, I mean, I guess I could say that the same as, as it is today, really, Mm -hmm. but that each day was this spontaneous involvement with, uh, you know, engaging in breathing and connecting and being in this yearning of, uh, of expression and, and, you know, deepening into this conscious state. And so I was daily prepared in mm-hmm. to step into these powerful states and to work within this practice, but it wasn't that I said, okay, I'm going to go knock this Kundalini deal out right now and then go down the stairs. It was like, you know, this is an, every day is an opportunity to rise. And as I'm rising, all of a sudden, it's like I just handed over the expression and yeah. it just took over yeah, like that. Yeah. No.
1: Nice. And uh, what type of movements? I mean, you mentioned some movements, but uh, just for the audience, what, what type of movements would you describe?
0: So when I was standing up, because there was some different phases. So as I was standing, these were like fluid, uh, subtle Qigong type movements, um, yoga, asana, some, some type movements. But I mean, I mean, there's, there's movements that I had never even done before. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I was like, okay, looking at a manual and going, here's the next step. This was, again, this was like movements where I was actually in a state of, I don't know, it was, I was watching movements that I had never seen happen and Mm -hmm. in a state of kind of surprise, excitement, engagement. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the
1: the cosmic dance danced you. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) The cosmic dance danced me. Exactly. (laughs) Indeed. And so, you know, and, and by the way, I wanted to point out that as, as was very usual in in those days and even these days I played, uh, I always have a quality, um, engineered sound, healing sound track playing. And so I had this really amazing frequency music playing on repeat in the stereo at the time, binaural sounds and a really cool track that, you know, a series of tracks that played. And so let's say that there was a Kundalini soundtrack.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I want that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to find, I've got, there's a, there's a disc that this is, this is, I mean, that disc has got to be 12 or 13 years old going to find that disc i have it and uh, yeah it's a definitely it's a fire starter yeah
1: let's listen to it uh-huh <laughs> so you know when you're talking about sound i immediately think about these uh frequency and vibration, which we are. no Sound frequencies are super powerful. In all honesty, for me, at the beginning of my journey, it was hard to believe the power of sound frequencies, but wow, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Absolutely incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're gonna explore more on sound frequencies and healing tones in a future episode, and probably a few, but definitely coming up soon. We're gonna have something really cool and dedicated. If the future comes, of course. And at that time, when will it be, Ro?
1: It would be now.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, so, so in, in this point in my experience, as I'm flowing, uh, you know, I transitioned to the seated position at some point. And, you know, the breathing, my breathing was just lucid, long, sweeping, and just super, super relaxed. And, you know, it kind of progressed through just various breathing variations. Like, you know, the short, powerful breath, like the Kapalbati, the breath of fire. Some, uh, you know, people out there that know that one, that's a, it's a very strong inner uh, heat, fire breath. Um, you know, extended pauses between breaths. And I mean really extended, you know, like three to four minute extended. Um, and Ooh. following by, you know, very long and slow full body breath. And so when I say full body breath, This is like the entire body is expanding and contracting contracting in slow motion. So let's say like a minute in, a minute out type thing.
1: Wow, that's pretty impressive. Three to four minutes holding the breath out or in, and then one full minute in, inhale and exhale. It almost sounds impossible. Uh, That's pretty impressive. You you must have done the push-ups.
0: The (laughs) push-ups for sure. But let me tell you, there are people who can hold their breath for 30 minutes, brother.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I'm not trying to hold the trophy on it, but it's definitely uh, a, a very powerful experience to be in a breath hold, an extended breath hold. You just start to realize that you had a uh, urgency trigger, an urgency barrier uh-huh. that wasn't actually related to the fact that you were about to die. It's like a carbon, carbon dioxide meter uh-huh. that's saying you still have the carbon dioxide inside and so it's different than going, uh, I, I, I'm not going to breathe. I don't have oxygen when you're lucid, conscious, and aware. Yeah. If you're not, then the mind is agitated and panic. all of a sudden you go into panic and then you can't, you know, then you don't have any hold. You got, you know, then you're, you, it's going to be short. But The key to breaking through is the steadiness and devotion to the task, brother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden, and this is, this is very, I can, when I even explain this, I feel the sensation. The so and and this was where, you know, um all of a sudden my pelvic floor, the the perineum as it's known, it became like firm along the ground like magnetically charged, like a really strong firm pull at the base and my upper body started s- like swirling in a circular radius. And you know, maybe at this point maybe an hour or two had passed and suddenly as this was taking place, suddenly a flash of heat at the sacrum, at the navel, just this expansive flash. And, and uh, the two things that, were very, that stood out huge was this huge flash of heat and a sudden and endless stream of flowing tears. Wow. My, just like streaming, like rivers pouring out of my eyes. And a rushing energetic current that started flowing through the body from the floor upwards to the chest from the chest upwards to the head and this overwhelming expansion of flooding light energy and uh, there was a at one point there was this kind of warm bursting sensation at the top of the head and it didn't like leave the head and take off into the sky mm-hmm. it literally recirculated so it recirculated back into the heart center and then at the heart center this was like where it just engulfed, like, complete, full-on activation at the heart. And meanwhile, the entire subjective world that I knew of blew apart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this became an unlimited, beyond-body expression.
1: Were you uh, conscious at the time, or were you in a sort of trance? I mean... um was your mind or thoughts active or completely inactive
0: well the consciousness and subconscious minds it was they seemed to like unite and dissolve it was like everything came together and just and dissolved and so mm-hmm. the local body consciousness dissolved so there was no local it was like an exotic rush of energy bliss flooding all all that that is all that was mm-hmm. and it's really kind of tough to put this into words and i've had Uh, a a few opportunities to to look at putting it in words, and it just doesn't seem to suffice. But the next point was beyond experience. No feelings, no thoughts, no objects, no bounds, complete emptiness, but not empty, completely filled. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're like, okay. Okay. Uh, Doesn't compute. And then pure, uh, I say pure omnipresence. Okay. Uh And again, no local environment. Beyond body, just unlimited, and yet a bliss that can't be described and and totally present. So I can't really say how long I was in this beingness state uh, because time and space, they were gone. Yeah. There wasn't any of that there.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, I remember in the first episode uh, when we shared our health opportunities um I shared that I was induced into an artificial coma for a week. And just listening to this last piece you shared, it was so so many similarities with what you just described, no? Like complete, absolute peace. I, I understand it's difficult to grasp this this uh sensation, but I, I completely connected just mm. Just mm-hmm. by listening to your story right Indeed. now.
0: And the the key asp- aspect to this experience was instead of being present for an experience, this was presence itself. Imagine that, no, that it just became presence mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Omnipresent, as I said. And so all of a sudden, and so at this point, there was that. And then all of a sudden, I was flooded with completely boundless emanating golden white light. I can't say how long it took before this happened, Mm -hmm. I couldn't say, but there was this emanating golden light and this golden vortex of light appeared to mirror my perspective. So like picture infinite space with a golden emanating concentration of light facing a mirror of the same thing. (laughs)
1: Like
0: it's limitless in all directions. Yeah, I'm looking through it, through it, through it, through it. Like, you know, it's it's, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's, hard, it's pretty hard to describe. But, it, but, but in the same token, you know, at this moment, I was completely, it was revealed. I, 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 I felt the revelation of what I would call the infinite self, mm-hmm. not as a separate, not subject object, but as identity. It's so simple and so profound. And actually, one of the big lessons from this experience was how profound the simple is
1: yeah no
0: not the complex not so much (laughs) but but the simple it's like whoa the simple is so profound
1: it's profound because it's simple yeah it's simple because it's profound (laughs) anyone can go in and make
0: a mess no it's like fine art anyone can go in and make a mess but a person who can just do the absolute perfect stroke the brush stroke with no more no less that's not easy. Absolutely. And so, you know, the simple is profound. And, and at this point, and so as this is taking place, all of a sudden, I was taken into an, a journey of imagery, like a wormhole. Mm-hmm. And the lens, I was, I was going through this within the lens of the, what, I'm going to say the allegorical character known as Jesus or Yeshua, mm-hmm. the Christ. And, you know, allegory, of course, refers to a living story that is current Mm -hmm. and lucid and real to all of the senses and all the way. And I went all the way through this wormhole experience, all the way to the deception. I was there experiencing the deception, the death on the cross, the resurrection. I mean, in full reality. And the context here was all so deeply metaphoric. And, you know, later I understood the bigger metaphor. I mean, it just, this, it took years to peel back what was this, you know, what I went through. And the the whole metaphor of, you know, on the cross, dying on the cross, it's an allegory for the death of the ego and spiritual rebirth as pure heart, as pure self. This is what comes out the other side of this. And, you know, uh, for the audience, as a side note, the Christ terminology comes from the Greek word Christos, uh, otherwise known as, and this is a secret secret and sacred fluid, and it's secreted, you see secret, secreted by the pineal gland and the pituitary gland. And we'll, we're going to touch more on this in another podcast because we're Definitely. keeping this ground level, yeah. but very, very incredible, very, very incredible that. the You know, the the... This, the metaphoric journey is related to the embodiment principles that, you know, these relate to, the Christic has these these principles, the Buddhist, the the Hindu, the, you know, um, Mayan, the, I mean, all these different sacred esoteric traditions that represent, in the West, it's represented through the birth, the life, the passion, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Christ. Yeah. In the East... This is known as the path of the Bodhisattva. And for the Aztecs, for example, there's a similar story that played out of the story of Quetzalcoatl, right? Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent. Absolutely. And so many cultures expressing it. That story is about the Christ. Quetzalcoatl, that's a a Christ story. So imagine that. And, you know, this allegory was not about the, it wasn't about religion or dogmas it's about the meaning and the teachings of the—and these are known as esoteric. Exoteric meaning external. People can, you know, see this wisdom. And esoteric meaning hidden and, and within. Okay. And this—the kingdom of God is within us. This is the point behind all of these different stories. They're different flavors, but they're expressing this awakening process from and It
1: applies the same, uh, regardless of which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. They're
0: just different flavors. They're different mm-hmm. seasonings. And, you know, the, as, as Ramana Maharshi once said, that which is, is only one. And, you know, some call it Shakti, some call it Shiva, some Vishnu, some Jesus, and some Allah. People give it whatever names they like. What does it matter if the name they give is different? That which is, is only one. And that comes from one of the most celebrated awakened sages of contemporary times. And so, you know, it's all about the sacred relationships. (laughs) It's all about the sacred dynamics, brother.
1: Ooh. (laughs) And that's another hint as to where the name sacred dynamics came from. Indeed. It unravels. (laughs) It unravels. I just want to uh, add something that I really liked in our previous conversation about this. But uh, you were telling me that the Mayans— uh have a name very similar name to the kundalini uh-huh. but in a Mayan pronunciation
0: yeah and i don't want to i don't want to mess Let's up hear the, it. i don't okay yeah <laughs> my Mayan i'm a little rusty on my Mayan um there is there's a term and it's very it's actually really incredible because as you're saying within this topic these relations through language exactly the the term in kun, in uh the Mayan is like kutlin lin kutlin uh-huh. something like that and it basically is refers to serpent nose activation i mean it's crazy and imagine how closely related the sanskrit and the mayan
1: oh, that's they're impressive. very
0: closely related and let's not even have to get into the pyramids and all that stuff oh, that would yeah. be another no mind blowing <laughs> stuff
1: another season
0: yeah incredible stuff <laughs> you know and you know all the all that was in the way the veiling of total presence the veiling fluid connection to eternal self-knowledge was at that moment removed. So it was peeled back. And, oh, and the drum. Ooh. The, the, the heartbeat, there was this... Let's hear the drum roll. There it is. There was a throbbing drumming inside. And I had this deep sense that there was this message in this drum and you know, like a like a mantra hidden within the cadence and rhythm of this drum beat, and it was like this um, really deep essence of the sacred heart.
1: Incredible! And again, you know, the cosmic rhythm got hold of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, Good and point. You got out of the way, and you just and I got allowed. Danced. You got danced. <laughs>
0: I got danced, indeed. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and the drum. This was, as, as I mentioned, this is the eternal heartbeat. Not that there was a sound that was, you know, that was banging away. This was this deep, rhythmic, eternal cosmic heart. And there was nothing separate from anything else here. No objects, as I had mentioned before. There's no suffering, there's no fear, there's no separate self. There's no agenda, no need, no want. Just limitless, pure being. Pure love itself.
1: Very nice. Wow. Tremendous story.
0: And and you know what at some point the message within the drum became so deeply meaningful. I was like yearning to utter it to 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 pronounce it to 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 peel it away from and to express what was coming through. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden like pop. The next thing lucid but still and still in trance state but like semi local in the body, tears of joy flooding and, you know, my eyes were closed, but my, it was just, like, flooding tears. And I literally rose up off the floor in this, like, semi-lucid state and, like, did, like, the zombie walk to crawl to find because my interest was to get a writing, uh, you know, a, a, something to write with so that I could articulate this.
1: This feeling. Yeah. This, this, this feeling. drum.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't – I didn't know at this point. I actually didn't know what it – I, I didn't know the words of it. I didn't know like it was like, oh, it's saying this, go write it. It was like, if I get a pen, I think I can articulate this or I, I feel that I can make it come through my body. Wow. And, and so that was the idea. And so mm-hmm. I made my way, I was like fumbling across and I made my way into the closet and I came across a pen and literally even if I, and, and I reached up and I reached up and I had a few different shelves in my uh, closet and I reached up And there was this pad of uh, like an art pad for Mm -hmm. sketch, a sketch pad. Yeah. And I reached up and I felt this pad and right on the front top of it, I just started my, my hand just started. I was like, finally, I found something I can do this because my eyes are closed and streaming tears and I'm half lucid. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just writing and it just comes out. And once the message was written, I went basically, I went back. I find it was like the mission was basically accomplished, wrote it, dropped the pen and basically found myself back in the same spot it was. So uh, I was just, re- I just reentered back into, uh, the, ex- to, to the, c- the ceremony, to the experience. And was, and by the way, I went in for, I mean, I would say back for several hours into this just unified state.
1: And that's interesting because y- you mentioned that these, uh, lasted for, for hours. Um, but did you by any chance got like sense of time or was none. this completely disappeared? None. It's none, no time, no, no space. No, nothing. No
0: Yeah. Could have been a hundred, a hundred hours go by. I had no, could have been five minutes or a thousand hours wow. and <laughs> none of it had any context, mm-hmm. you know, time and space are aspects of the mind. So when you go beyond the mind, you go beyond time and space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, later on, uh, I slowly was becoming more local and body conscious. So it was like I was coming, like, you know, coming back into the, the, the conscious body state. And this was now a true inner standing of what it means to just be Mm -hmm. just be completely unified, completely whole, stainless, at ease, in peace, the peace, as they say, that passes intellectual understanding. I mean, just so profound and so simple.
1: Once again, mm-hmm. for sure. At this point, uh, I mean, only by listening to your story, I feel you were able to see like the veils of duality, no? On, on one hand, complete bliss, unity. And on the other hand, the the mind being controlled or wanting to jump in, Generating, uh, of course, uh, separation duality, no? Mm. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, sh- the, 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 the whole sen the whole sense of the experience was the mind was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. The idea of getting in the way of this didn't exist. The, uh, you know, this was like leaving duality. And then slowly re-entering it. Exactly. And that was kind of, you know, when we talk about the first episode and we talk about our health opportunities, I had a a glimpse of that when I had my near-death experience. I had a glimpse of that where it's like you exit the duality framework and then you are re-entering. And and my re-entry in this sense was, you know, into a – definitely into a body structure that was in better condition. Yeah, But it, that also, this was a very exotic experience. For sure. And, you know, the ego is an association. And, you know, and we tend to kind of lean towards thoughts and memories. And the ego has one and only one characteristic. Because, you know, as Sri Ram, uh, Ramana Maharshi once said, reality is simply loss of the ego. So reality in this sense is not what we perceive or think as reality in the common, common, uh, mainstream. Someone says, this is reality. No, this is not. Wow. And so it's the removal. You lose the ego and all of a sudden you see the real.
1: Exactly. Right. The veil. Yeah. Wow. So essentially the ego it's like the middleman that keeps us stuck in the matrix
0: <laughs> no? exactly. The ego is the middleman. the ego <laughs> it has one characteristic, and the ego functions as basically in the yoga tradition, they call it as it's like a psychic knot it's called a, a gananti, and so it's like a knot between the self, which is pure consciousness and the physical body and yeah. So the middleman, indeed. And, you know, it, the ego is like software. It's an association. It's a thought. Yeah. You know, the ego appears and then it disappears. As soon as you investigate it, you're like, Hey, let me find this guy. And then all of a sudden Oop. he disappears
1: from the party. And then when you get distracted, it Woo! comes he grabs right the wheel back. And starts
0: driving your bus again. Uh, beware. This is basics 101. There is really only one practice. And, and I, and I want to use this as a, as a bridge to bring the simple out of this experience Mm -hmm. that there really is one practice. And, And this is how it goes. Find what flows naturally for you now. Whether it's breathing, whether it's yoga asanas, whether it's qigong, whether it's surfing, whether it's painting, whether it's music, pottery, whatever it is, as mentioned earlier, steadiness and depth of devotion to the task is paramount here. And guard the forest Guard your mind, the field of the mind. You aren't the mind. You have a mind and you must train it. So start practicing focus and bringing the flow state from your surfing. Bring it with you and bleed it into the rest of your experience and grab a hold of your mind. You don't need the whole concepts of upgrading yourself and ascending and shifting and transcending and downloads and everything. These are still mental concepts. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, the I- instead, the key access, the short path is to be and repeat. To be, no, I am. Not I am this, I am that, but simply I am. Mm-hmm. You're shedding away all of these. What I say is it's like, there is these tracers that are stuck within your framework and you need to, you need to clear these out because the system keeps referencing and re-referencing this mm-hmm. stuff that needs to be cleared out. And, you know, the actual, actually the true self, uh, like the, the the whole idea here is that your actual natural state is, your true nature is pure happiness. It's pure joy. It's pure life. It's pure love. You know, you're, you're actually the true self. Yet... What happens is that we wrongly identify our real self with mental planted programs, we with, with memories, with association to the body. This is the ego character. It's an associative character.
1: Incredible. Uh, and you know what? Um, just uh, touching on the point you just mentioned, for some strange reason, I was educated to believe that the quote-unquote easy way was not the right way, you know? And uh, this belief cost me a lot of energy and discomfort, to be honest, because I wasn't flowing until I learned that this belief was only a confusion, you know? Um, From that moment onwards, I always flow with what comes easy for me. I'm not saying the easy way, but what comes easy for me. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking if it's the right or the wrong way, I search for the path of least resistance, you know, and uh, it, it definitely works like a charm. And
0: be like water, as Bruce Lee says, my brother, be like water.
1: Flexible.
0: At first it takes, the thing is, is at first it takes devotion. And easy is actually, if we think of it, in, there's different terms to look at it as taking the easy way. Because easy is actually, as we talk about, it, it's like a fear-driven versus love-driven exactly. way. No, easy and, and effortless are probably different. I mean, easy relates to absence in in the way that I see it is that if it's easy, it's because you're just being absent and not showing up. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way we're talking about. Simple as in clearly and presently showing up to what's flowing and and allowing yourself to connect to what's flowing, but be present to what's flowing. And that's, I'm certain that that's what you're talking about. That's absolutely certain. So when they say, don't take the easy way, what basically they're talking about is they're using a fear, uh, you know, a, a fear triggering mechanism to say, don't try and sit off the work. Don't try to not show up for the work, mm-hmm. but you're showing up. It's just that you're not grinding. Exactly. You're not playing that game where it has to be really hard and that you got to play this. Ah, no, no, you need to flow, man.
1: You need to flow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, so Jay, I'm sure the audience is uh, eager to know what the, what the mantra say. Ah, What did the mantra say? The the sacred heart. What did you write on that art pad? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, well, upon reading it, I can tell you this. As soon as I read it, I just like blew apart again, basically. Just like flowing. My whole heart blew apart from seeing it because it was just, uh, you imagine that at that time, it was the most relevant thing in my heart that could possibly be. And so, you know, it's like, it was much more about what it meant in that moment because when you're in that moment, obviously the messages are coming in exactness in, pr- in the present state. But of course, it's still very powerful even to express it now. Mm-hmm. And so what it said was, forgiveness is freedom. I am that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to put clarity to it it's very, very meaningful. I'm going to put clarity to its meaning from my heart because, of course, there's a matter of clarity that the message in the moment was very deep. And although the typical way or the idea of forgiveness, when you think of forgiveness, people look at it and say that they're forgiving another for wrong treatment, you No, know, for example, right? And this, I mean, that has meaning to it, but this goes much deeper than that. Yeah. Forgiveness is freedom in this context means... That one is in a memory prison and stuck holding the past. To forgive is to accept and let go of the memory that's locked you into prison. (sighs) And so all is the one. There really are no others. And so that forgiveness as we had known it is limited. Limited to the concept that some other person has to be engaged. There's a third party related that's holding you to it. In this mm. sense, this is the, the, the true meaning of freedom from attachment to the ego character in the dream.
1: Boom. This is really profound, my friend. Um, it may take a few minutes to let it sink in, so <laughs> just breathe. Yeah, <laughs>
0: breathe deep indeed. Take all the time you need. It's so important. You know, Meditate on it. Circulate yeah. it. And at that time... When my family came home, they basically found this this uh, body mind here in an ecstatic state of joy and tears, without really knowing. They didn't really know what had happened. They just walked in and just, you know, they just saw me there.
1: Yeah. How did you explain this to to your family?
0: Yeah, there was not much explanation there at that point. It was like really hard to put anything into words. Basically, yeah. I was glowing. <laughs>
1: If it took if it took so many years to unpack this, yeah, I can imagine that in that moment, there was nothing to say.
0: No, I mean, actually, you know what? I'll tell you, I was looking at the divine heart. I didn't see, I didn't look at them as someone else. It was like, they walked in, it was like, I walked in, like, all of a sudden, everyone that I saw was the divine self. There was no, so they walked in and I wasn't looking at going like, oh, they're here and now my party's over. It's like, I'm here and I'm here and I'm here and here I am. (laughs) So imagine it's so, it's like, you know, ecstatic pureness. I mean, which by the way, that sense lasted for months.
1: Wow. Months. Uh, So you were really electrified and magnetized.
0: No, it was, it was, there was a slow wear down process. It was like, you know, as I've mentioned, the access to presence the clarity and the love, that that remained, that sense remained. The ability to see into the eyes and see the self, that was something that was a hook now, that it was just everyone is different now. Everyone Oof. you see is just not a stranger.
1: Oof. It seems here, you know, there are some misinterpretations of the kundalini and the light body activation Circulating around these days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What can you say about these uh, misinterpretations or well, I mean,
0: the thing is, is that as we as we had said earlier, this is not this is this was esoteric knowledge. This was hidden knowledge for extended periods of time, and so first off, it's not in any you know, it's not in standard books. It's not something that people were programmed for. It was, in the in the sense where we had been you know, programmed into uh, the ideas and think thoughts, but that this is something that's, you know, that's so much deeper. And, you know, typically the thing is, is that because of it being kind of obscure knowledge mm-hmm. and because of all of the propaganda and the ways that we had been confused and led in different directions, it's like, you know, uh, basically like take it as some esoteric fairy tale or, you know, on the religious side, they talk about it like as if it's this dark force or, I mean, even the idea that you are superhuman now and that, mm-hmm. you know, you took on the superhuman status, quote unquote, or that you are completely enlightened and you don't need to be here any longer, yeah. you know, at least at this level we're referring to. And much of this, you know, much of this, this uh, rhetoric is directed to people who are chasing peak experiences. To you know the spiritual ego competitiveness as, yeah. as, as you know how you could describe it, and this is this is about people escaping their reality, mm-hmm. and and the fact is is that what they think is real, as we said, that's not reality. So they're trying to escape the dream, but they think it's reality.
1: Whoa. <laughs> deep confusion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you know, and I mean, and by the way, you know this thing. The thing is, is that this activation. And, you know, it can also be dangerous if the foundation is not completely in place to support it, like someone who's trying to force it.
1: But how how could this be dangerous? I mean, what type of risks uh, is there or are there involved in this, you know?
0: So th- you're going to find a bunch of different answers on that. I'll mm-hmm. answer from my experience. And I'll also say that there are different uh, stories over the years, even from in, in yoga traditions where, uh, you know, it, it the kundalini is blocked and, and is angular within the body structure and causes all sorts of pretty intensive symptoms to the body. I mean, imagine it, look at it this way. I, I imagine that all of a sudden you're running a thousand times or 10,000 times the voltage through your electrical system in your house. So, I yeah. mean, things can blow up.
1: And you're talking about the electrical system. What about the... uh Magnetic system as well. Because well, I mean, you know, that, <laughs> a, that
0: they're intertwined. Yeah. The electricity, this is an electromagnetic dance. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, you, this, is the, this is the activation process.
1: It would blow up.
0: So, you know, it's the, the key is that there's this, this whole idea of getting the, pr- the preparation
1: for the voltage. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And uh, how would you describe the proper foundation for this type of awakening? I mean, what, what would you recommend...
0: Well, first off, first off, I would say I wouldn't use this as a goal. I wouldn't use trying to light the technology up as a goal. I would say that the goal needs to be the, the to the complete devotion. The goal needs to be uh, a complete devotion towards the source of your existence. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> mind training and preparation, you know, which is relating to becoming fully present because fully present is kind of the idea of you're upgrading your, you're gaining this, uh, upgrading the wiring system. You're upgrading the the levels that you can take on. Mm-hmm. You're um, evolving the conscious nature to provide for this platform.
1: Exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah.
0: And so... You know, and striving for this direct conscious awareness, becoming focused on removing distractions, desire towards a lustre phenomenon. Mm-hmm. These are things that are the standards, breaking false belief systems, you know, uh, complete dedication to the source of the existence, as I said, is, is massive. You got to go beyond the ego's grasp, you know. And we talk about terms like holistic purification, which we'll talk about in different ways, which is kind of like this whole uh, holistic detox idea you know mind body thoughts emotions you know breath meditation silence more silence <laughs> more devotion um you got to release your negative thoughts patterns and attachments to outcomes yeah. and you know and fall completely in love with the true self this is the real devotion for it this is what it's about it's not about becoming superman because that's what is causes the conflict within our you know within our even our Contemporary times, there yeah. are individuals who have accessed different levels of their system, and yet they are operating in a in a malevolent way
1: mm-hmm. they're
0: using it 's like using the technology against mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. so I mean you know there 's a whole platform here oh it 's yeah. super meaningful stuff
1: now. How does this Kundalini awakening is related to the seven chakras or the chakra system?
0: All right, let's 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 do the basics in this yeah. in this episode. This the the you know the chakra system is essentially a number of different um, prana like subtle prana energy vortices or thresholds, mm-hmm. and this by the way is related to the nervous system and the endocrine systems of the body, and so this is like consider this like subtle technology. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's, a, there's also more subtle aspects that are like the nerve systems that connect to the, to the um, chakras. And these are like the subtle energy nerves that connect to them. And we're talking about things that are subtle as in not on the radar of the systems that contemporary medical devices uh, are Can set up to read. Yeah. This is much more subtle. And it turns out the more subtle it gets the closer it is to the power of consciousness. Nice. And so this is why this subtle is so profound, right? This is why they take that uh, in the hedron collider. This is why they take atoms and they spin them around it at this speed to crash them together because to the potency, the potential that nuclear. comes from this finite, finite, because you're accessing that the power goes in reverse inwards. And mm. I mean, people perceive that it's like the, the power comes to the outside and it's this gross power, but no. It's the essence of it that where the, the actual gaining of the and the power potentiality is. is. And so, you know, this is kind of the idea of this subtle system. And, you know, the main, and I'm going to point out the main three nadis because these nadis are like these um, uh, meridian kind of lines within the body. And the three main ones are pretty standard, like in the yoga tradition. And the one that goes running up the spine is known as the sushumna. And, uh, you know, this is like the Um, the main single staff in the center up the spine, and then there's the ida, which is on the left, and the pingala, which is on the right. And those are the intertwining um, cables or cords that move upwards. Um, And these are, you know, the uh, left and right, which represent the masculine and feminine energy lines. And, you know, this, and by the way, this formation is known as the um, caduceus or the staff of Hermes. These are there are many depictions of it. I mean, look for for the audience. Look at the modern medicine and see how they've utilized this image.
1: I, I'm guessing it's the, the logo or the symbol that it's uh, that it appears in. Basically, all of the um, ambulances. Absolutely. No, it's where two, two, co- two serpents are like going intertwining upward, up intertwining up to the top. Absolutely. And what does the wings uh, mean well, at, the, at the very about top? That. Activate, yeah. It's the activation of the, the Kundalini. Absolutely. Nice.
0: Imagine that it's embedded and used, basically like putting it in your face, and you have no clue what it means.
1: But never taught.
0: And and but, but imagine the system that's behind that, and that they're using that as their shield. I mean, you know, talk about yeah. completely incoherent to what's really going
1: on. And, and so a little bit of deception.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and the seven, of course, the seven chakras are the seven main chakras.
1: Yeah, and why not? uh, Let's do a little mini summary of the seven chakras, Mm -hmm. no? just to go by them really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So, first of all, we have the root chakra where you find security and self-esteem. Then we have the sacral chakra uh, where you have the sexual energy and the creativity. Then comes the solar plexus. Where we have the power, or as we say in Spanish, las ganas, las ganas, las ganas, and then it comes, uh, then comes the heart, no, the anahata chakra, mm-hmm. uh, which means union and love. Then we have the throat chakra, where we find the power of words, and these words may heal or may cause destruction. Um, and then the third eye, where we find intuition and intelligence. And finally, at the very top of the head, the crown—that's where the connection with the divine takes place. Yes, right?
0: the thousand-petaled lotus. And I'll point out that the that the third eye, the the idea is intellect, and intellect is uh, a reflection of intelligence. And you know, the these are kind of broad, but but you know, kind of simple and meaningful ways to interpret. The, you know, the basics to comprehend mm-hmm. and by the way, there are also many, many small chakras and nadis throughout the body. There's a bunch, I mean, even below and above the body, like yeah. even outside the physical body. Hundreds. And so the main seven chakras, of course, go from the pelvic floor, which is mul- muladhara, which is the, the, the earth symbol. It's the, it's the ground. Mm-hmm. And they it works from the pelvic floor upwards and they go up along the spine And, you know, to to basically to the center of the head and then, of course, out the top. And so the base is the magnet and up at the head is the electric and the heart is the unifier of, as as mentioned earlier, this is where these two are unified. And, you know, the seven main um, relate to the seven rays of the spectrum, just like uh, just like the seven musical notes. They spin, and by the way, you know, we've talked about this before, that the, that the color wheel, yeah. when you see the, the, the color wheel and you spin the color wheel, it literally turns to white light. All the colors blend into white.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: And so the seven notes in an octave, mm-hmm. you know, each relates to the elements and the main significant points within the body instrument. So imagine, because this is an instrument. And so now you start go, there's much more we're gonna we're gonna get into this in another uh, another episode, of course, but it's just profound when you start to layer out the relation between the musical notes, the seven days of the week, the sacred seven, how many ways seven shows up in such incredible ways yeah. and and that and, and this body is actually an instrument, and I mean it's just so profound and you know so even people who don't consider themselves to be a musician. You are walking in an instrument.
1: We are instruments, yes. Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, it's that it's that relevant. And you know, these these subtle aspects within and without through the body structure. These are ener- energetic vortices or wheels. You know, in in the Sanskrit term, these are like energy wheels. And you know, the, this is kind of the basic translation of the word chakra. Yeah. And in a very simple and mundane sense they end up getting clogged up with our personal, emotional, energetic distortions and content. Mm -hmm. You know, emotional, psychic, they get all clogged up. And, you know, the distribution of this energy is related to the different frequency bands. As I said, this is the music. So you got to tune up the instrument. And this is essentially and literally where you know, each chakra relates to a different note and its relative frequency. And so we were talking about frequency music. Yeah. And each one is related to, you know, different frequency bands and informational content. And, you know, the body-mind is an instrument. And, you know, all, uh, uh, you know, in the body-mind universe, everything is based on, all is frequency, man.
1: Frequency, yeah. it's 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 really fascinating. I mean... Uh, it's like a blueprint of the human body structure for us to better understand its operation and biological technologies, Oof. no?
0: blueprint indeed. It's like the essence in the seed being the blueprint for the tree. Exactly. You know, there are several there are uh, several traditions and many interpretations here. And, you know, freeing all of the attachments, stagnations, stuck content is a simple way of basically saying that a complete release of distortion – this is what, al- this allows us the free expression of this instrument. Yeah. And, you know, the and so we're talking about the light body. The light body is the, is the dynamic expression. And basically the lower three chakras join the upper three chakras in the middle at the heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the heart is known, as you had said earlier, it's known as the anahata. Anahata. And, you know, this is a Sanskrit term. And when they break it down, it's really incredible because so meaningful and simple. Ana means not, and hata means hit. Not hit. So this relates to, the the idea here is very profound. It basically relates to the fact that in the center, there's nothing that is in competition. There are no waves that are Mm -hmm. bouncing. They're not hitting each other. Mm -hmm. Not hit means that it's completely unified fluid they're not hitting each other it's so profound no distortion and so you know in other words complete purity and so this is om this is the sacred utterance Mm -hmm. this is the expression of the unified self so you know you see the ordinary person lives in the brain unaware that the true self is in
1: the heart in the heart yeah completely um so we hear a lot about kundalini yoga. Um, what would you say kundalini yoga works or relates to the light body activation?
0: Um, okay. Well, in short, it's an activation practice. And
1: So kundalini yoga, it's an activation practice. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's, it's, the whole point of it is an activation of the kundalini. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll point out that there are different traditions that will say that you don't need to do that in order to activate it. So this is not a prerequisite, first off, that you would do that yoga for this activation to happen. It's not a prerequisite. But that is a vigorous process and practice in order to to activate.
1: It's part of the push-ups.
0: Yeah, it's part of the push-ups. If someone's going to go for the push-ups, that's one of the ways to do the push-ups. And so, you know, this has been a big question, and I'm going to comment from personal experience you know, um, there are, because there are so many different practitioners that are sharing different interpretations. Mm -hmm. And previously through, you know, this was, you could only get this type of um, training through an initiation process. And so you would basically engage uh, with a guru, with a master. And then if you were a worthy adept, a worthy student then they would, would deem have... you worthy and then they would slowly step you into the process because they're taking on this huge responsibility yeah which is not necessarily how it's being done these days and you know in these times instead of the information being scarce which it you know in the past you couldn't find it and and somewhat hidden or buried now we're in it's so interesting because we're currently flooded in content so really it's a different way of burying it though is burying it in content instead of burying it so you can't find it. Exactly. And so burying it in plain sight and which is the best hiding place, by the way. And and the premise of Kundalini Yoga is, of course, a process to awaken and activate the dormant or semi-dormant Kundalini Pranashakti, this energy, this sexual energy, the coiled serpent, um, as it's known. And, you know, as we had mentioned, it's held at the base of the spine. And, you know, so Kundalini... Yoga has this these processes, including like you know doing the pranayama breath control, the uh, different kriyas, the different um, you know c- cleansing techniques, um, you know heart activations, different body and heart activation movements, different mudras, which are hand positions which are connecting to you know to body technology. Um, you know, and direct focused attention, m- mantra repetition, you know, there's a bunch of different components to it. And as I said, different practitioners are, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of have different liberties with it. Okay. And, you know, and, and, and I'll point out that there is another more subtle tradition, which is known as Kriya or Kriya yoga. And this is a more, uh, a more subtle practice. This one is, is, uh, is also a practice for this, you know, activation technique, but it's more subtle, there's a lot of kind of unique, special breathing and body placements, um, you know, including various special effects relating to sitting technique, tongue placement, you know, breath, breath lengths and, and holds and techniques and stuff. And and again, there's different cultural, you know, aspects to it. Yeah. And, you know, furthermore, you know, with, with the activation that I can speak of of my own in yogic terms, the experience that that I went through, it wouldn't be considered like... Complete self-realization. Blow you out and that's it. You're done. Rainbow body, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's not the relationship of this activation. And we've talked about this a bit. The, the thing about this platform of what I had experienced and what others uh, have experienced with this is that what it does is it's like it, it breaks you out of a certain stage and places the platform to complete your mission, your activation, okay. to complete your activation. So it's like you blow apart all the things that are holding you into a framework that allows you to complete your, yeah. right? It you know what sense. I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: And so, you know, this process, uh, uh, f- however rare, and you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to, it's becoming less rare, of course, because uh, this information is coming out and b- we're in this shift and people are are, you know, engaging, waking yeah. up and engaging. So, yep. you know, it's it's going to become less rare, but still the, you know, there's some kind of a, the thing is that the desire, which will grow back is the is the idea here that there's this, that the seeds of desire, unless they're completely burned out for good, they come creeping back mm-hmm. and they're in those seeds of desire, they're in the mind and they come creeping back. And so, you know, this is like, they, they want to pull you back in, in into the dream or into the garden of Eden. Wink, wink.
1: The garden of Eden.
0: Don't get me started on the garden <laughs> of Eden allegory. It's another, we'll do another podcast. No, let's, let's say that, let's say that, let's do the simple form here real quick. The tree of knowledge is the mind. Hence, the initiation of duality consciousness. This is where it comes from climbing into the mind. The mind is basically unlimited transient forms. It's this fertile ground, whatever climbs in grows. And so, you know, one easily gets lost in this labyrinth as we are learning. And so, you know, death and birth, these now become part of the ego character. This is the mind that goes Mm -hmm. through the death and birth, not the light shining through the mind or the body. And, you know, so these are you know, these are, they're, they're mind-based and, you know, anyway, that's another podcast, (laughs) metaphors and allegories.
1: (laughs) No, that's going to be a good one. What, What
0: remains here is an experience of being, this is the key, what remains. And this is the sense of the, you know, the individuality, it basically, it is peeled back and ceases to operate so that you're flooded in internal self framework. So that now from here, this is the stepping stone to have the, the, you know, the,
1: full ganas <laughs> so one quick question i mean if this wasn't a uh, full realization uh, what's a temporary realization
0: well like as i said this is like opening you to the platform but you got to continue through this the 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 platform the framework that you opened okay. so like the eastern sages would describe this the stage that that uh, maybe that i had reached as what's known as Nerva Samadhi. And, you know, this is the, this is like the foundation point and it doesn't completely dissolve the ego mind's desire entirely. Like I said, those seeds, they still remain. Mm-hmm. And I found this out later um, because, I mean, you know, I I was really in, uh, in waters, you know, that I wasn't fully, I mean, it was just a, a learning, all in learning phase, you know? And like, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, Uh, mentioned that, you know, Sri Maharshi would, he stated that the self is the underlying reality supporting the appearance. And so basically what I'm saying is, is that in the yogic philosophy, there are three alternating levels of, of relative consciousness, and everyone can relate to these Mm -hmm. and the three, basically what they refer to the, the three are the waking state, the dream state and deep sleep. So these are the three relative states of consciousness. And as I said about the Maharshi, he stated that the self is the underlying reality supporting the appearance of the three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the light shining through the mind. Exactly. Right? And so these are thresholds or layers of subtle mind uh, or ego in, in you know, different terms. And so like in the Vedic tradition or the Vedantic tradition, it refers to the realized state as uh, Turiya or Turiyatita. And this is, means basically the fourth state. Or transcending the fourth state. And again, as I would mentioned about the Maharshi, it isn't that there's a fourth state. It's that you've basically eliminated those three to be the shining light and nothing, n- no distortion. Exactly. You are just that now. And so, you know, repeating the experience of this state, it weakens and destroys these mental tendencies. These are what we call the seeds. In the yoga tradition, they call them vasanas. And vasanas... Are um, you know these are basically these rising eye thoughts, and you know they they their grip is weakened. So this is kind of as this uh, as the awakening happens, it breaks down and weakens all of these uh, vasanas, these these or vasanas as the uh, as the English speaking say, and and it's breaking these a point where you can burn these seeds out. If you continue the process, yeah. you're going to wipe out and decimate, and then the self completes it basically. So it, these are residual tendencies. This is the thing where someone has this urge and they just can't help it, but they just keep on climbing back in to get suffering more and more and you burn this away. Yeah. Right.
1: Wow. That's, that, this is impressive. Um, I mean, naturally this whole process is very fulfilling. Uh, nevertheless, it requires much effort, dedication, devotion, and even faith. No, um, I, I think that this is why they might say that one has to die to be reborn once again, no? Um one must recognize that there are push-ups to be done. And for sure, one must fall in love with these push-ups. Fall
0: in love. That's fall in your love. that's what's say that's gonna peel you away from the suffering. And so, you know, I mean, as we said earlier, the idea of, you know, the faith, the faith that you have for this. This isn't the concept of having faith in a character or having faith in some third party uh that you were conditioned to believe in. This is the way that that would be the easiest way to see it. You can no one can you can sit here in front of me and the only thing that you can actually state completely 100% is that you exist. You can absolutely be able to clarify that you exist. You cannot deny that you do not exist. Mm -hmm. And so the source of your existence, this is what we're talking about. Exactly. You can't deny that you exist. And so you're going to the source of your existence. This doesn't need to have some confusion with a middleman or a belief. You're just going straight to source, man.
1: Yeah. Wow. Nice clarity. Mm hmm
0: So, I mean, you know, the... Here's a a shift in perspective. When we consider ourselves the doers, when I say that I'm doing this, we're suffering an ego. When we understand that we're instruments, like we said earlier, when you understand that you're an instrument and that the divine force is the doer, the friction is removed. Because the friction is the grind of the concept that you're doing this heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. When you take away the concept that you're doing the heavy lifting, it becomes sacred play. It's it's the instrument doing its thing, and the source is the one who's doing the heavy lifting.
1: Then you start flowing.
0: Yeah, then through repeated self-inquiry practice, this eternal beingness becomes easier to flow, maintain. And, you know, remember, experiences are all experiences of the mind-body. Inertia, cause and effect, karmic process. You know this is the driver of phenomena and this is what veils the the pure light and you know so which is pureness stillness and you know on another side note you know a while after this awakening the awakening that that this speaker went through and based on certain conditions and as we talked about the basanas yeah. you know i was drawn back into the matrix as they say you know in, for a short time
1: Yeah, I I saw that. Yeah,
0: and I know. (laughs) And I'll tell you, not not only was nothing the same, but remember, everything that I had seen, the eyes that I saw were different. And so I I wasn't the same. And so it didn't last, let me tell you. It was short and, you know, and sweet-ish. Not really, but, you know, this (laughs) environment, it just became really, it became debilitating to the spiritual flow. It was like all of a sudden, you start going the wrong direction, after you have come so far, imagine there's people in the crowd cheering, going, no, turn around.
1: <laughs> and you can't deny it. Yeah, and you it, it is what it, it is. Yeah. And
0: so, you know, we got to be, be willing and, and, and honest with ourselves. And so the key was, is that my calling, and, and I'll tell you, what I did was I dropped the mic on the deal. And my calling was to serve the Sacred Heart. And so that at that point, I had to drop the mic and step out. And when I say step out, it's a never to return step out.
1: Yeah, I can I can attest to that. Really it's uh, mind blowing. <laughs> so
0: you know this was you know and this is many years ago. Yeah. But you know and more on that probably in a later podcast.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> seems that now there's it seems that there are so many people lately that have become very interested in, in this topic. No, oh, a lot more psychedelics, Kundalini yoga, breath work, yoga, qigong, sound healing, and I could go on. Mm-hmm. You know. People coming forward with uh, stories of awakening. Is this speaking about the shift as we have ref- uh, referenced it uh, before?
0: Together, you and I, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't it amazing how you and I can sit here and and say that years ago, we're talking about this condition that we're seeing right now and watching it happen. Incredible. And so, yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, this that's easily another episode or, or, or two anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep on pumping them out. And remember, you know, what the thing is, is that, you know, in, in the current paradigm shift, you know, we are basically awakening to the process of the macrocosm or the greater self. This is the greater awakening is the macrocosm awakening. Mm-hmm. And so imagine each cell has to wake up. And so the individual is the microcosm. The collective is the macrocosm as above, so below. And so, what I say is, do your part and awaken to
1: your true self. Wow! Do your part. That's how you do your part. So, would you say that our greatest ability to restore humanity is through our own restoration?
0: One hundred percent.
1: One at a time. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. You know, and
0: I mean, to truly help others, in this sense, one has to be beyond the need of help themselves. And this is where we're going to see. This is what peels apart the difference of. Uh, you know, someone who's um in spiritual ego that's trying to help someone that needs help themselves or an activated being that is doing what an activated being does. and you know, I like to use the uh, the airplane oxygen metaphor where you know classic yeah you're, <laughs> we're flying at twenty thousand feet, and you know, but before you even get up there, it's like just in case we're up there, if there's a drop in cabin pressure we're going to drop these masks down from the overhead compartment and make sure that you place the mask on yourself first. It's the first thing they say.
1: Yeah, and then assist others. Then you can help
0: others. I mean, you know, and and I I love the, there's a Sri Aurobindo quote that says, the idea of helping others is actually a subtle form of ego. Ah. And in, in, it, this needs to be in context because there's people that go, What do you mean? I'm helping my daughter do this. And I, no, we're not. We don't mean that. In this context, in this context of healing, in this context of awakening, no? Yeah. It is only the divine force that can help. And so one can be an instrument. This is the key. One can be an instrument of this divine source. But you should first learn to be a fit and egoless instrument. This is what Aurobindo says or said which is very powerful.
1: Wow. Wow. This is great, great information. Um, super how, meaningful. Yeah. How would one uh, even go beyond the mind? You know, it seems like uh, it's super difficult to... It, it's unknowable almost, not <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's the mind going to know beyond the mind? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, unknowable <laughs> for the mind. Uh-huh. So, you know, remember... And this has to do with being a mature uh, uh, spiritual being is that you find out that you're not the mind and through persistent investigation, this, you find out that you're not the body nor the mind. You are the shining light through the mind and body. Mm -hmm. And the mind doesn't know what is beyond the mind. This is the key, what you're saying, but what is beyond the mind knows the mind. That's Wink, wink. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) So your true identity, the true self, quote unquote, is neither the mind or the body. Yeah. In fact, these are projections. They're local phenomena. The mind is a structure and within you. uh, You're not in it. And so, you know, your self is the more subtle of these structures. The self is the most es- essential. It's the essence of the structure. It's the light shining through. And so people are wrongly searching for liberation when freedom, liberation, is your actual very nature. You're chasing around for something that you are.
1: Wow. <laughs> that. Woof. Deception, yeah. deception, deception. Amazing. Remember, self-deception is number one.
0: And, and once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out from, from, the, uh, from Sri Ramana that, you know, he eloquently stated, realization is not acquisition of anything new, nor is it a new faculty. It is only removal of all camouflage. Isn't that I love, incredible?
1: I love this guy.
0: Ah, oh, dude. Ramana? Woof. Mind-blowing. So here, let's get into some final comments, huh? Let's wrap it up, brother. Let's wrap it up. I would like to share a very significant point to our listeners. Don't misinterpret self-realization as being about heightened experiences. Experiences are all in the mind. They come, they go. They're fleeting. A major clue for everyone is that your true identity is already enlightened. Now, don't confuse this with the ego pretending to be woke or awoke. This is that your actual true identity already is that. So it's the false association with memories, with phenomena, the veil that's in the way. This is what we talked about. This is the ego. And, you know, you can spend an eternity looking elsewhere for truth and love. All in vain. Looking elsewhere. You must look inside yourself with your true self. First realize that your world is only a reflection of yourself. And then stop finding fault. And the reflection. Nice. You, You know, you don't need to upgrade yourself or ascend or shift as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. No, this is, this is when you make this shift, you are going to see that everything shifts with you. And, you know, simply slow it down, become still, become present. Start where you are, not where you wish you were. You are closer than you think though. Be vigilant with the mind, guard the mind. I told you the world's coming for your mind and that's a huge part of the practice. And this is how we get into achieving this relaxing lucid presence. And so, you know, repeat, feel, be, I am not, I am this or that, but the pureness that is, I am, you are the shining light through the mind.
1: Wow, brother. Thank you very much again. I mean, we've covered many, many relevant and important content in this episode. Uh, now, let's go through the golden nuggets of the information so, so that you guys, our listeners, can take away some practical value. Mm-hmm. You know? We talked about the sacred heart, the heart wisdom, and the know thyself. Um, we talked about uh, going back to the basics. What flows? Uh, find the path of least resistance that mm-hmm. fits and with show you. And, and show up. And show up to it. Absolutely. Heal and awaken. Clear away the confusion, the stress, and static. Content and context mm-hmm. very important. Yeah, place the context into it. Mm-hmm. We talked about kundalini and how this is a biological technology.
0: A spiritual and biological technology
1: for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the ego and its death. Mm-hmm. No, we also talked about I am that I am. Yeah, you know, very very important. Uh, forgiveness is freedom. Forgiveness is freedom, yes. That, that's something to remind ourselves mm-hmm. uh, uh, often. no. And uh, finally, we went through some nuggets about the chakra system. And, well, basically, that's what we covered today. Nuggets. Nuggets, <clears throat> nuggets. As we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, our mission and purpose is to support the, re- the restoration of humanity through the healing and awakening process. The true commitment starts with oneself, and then radiates outwards to all beautiful souls. You must be able to know who you really are to actually know how the realm unfolds and
0: unfold it. Indeed, no, well said, brother. Sacred dynamics. You know, it's we're we're currently going through a revamping process. You know, podcast, website, blog, um, new course offerings. So, you know, really excited about what's coming. The Sacred Mastery School is coming soon. Um, And, you know, and this is an infusion of the sacred path and the guidance to reveal and embody and to be in this flow state and to show up as we had spoken before. Imagine showing up to every different aspect of your life in complete flow, present engagement and letting the instrument be guided by the complete eternal source. Totally. This is the key behind it. But not to be shied away that for, for a layman starter, there is absolute, profound, simple... Uh, techniques and and things built into this, so super powerful, um, you know. And and currently, there, are, you know, I I currently work through Zoom one on ones, and you know, if someone's in the Baja, there are some, you know, a few spaces in person that we can communicate about. So you know, and the and the mastery school, the group live webinar course that's coming soon. So we're going to come together and maybe some live events in the future but lots of beautiful
1: things coming absolutely lots of beautiful things and so uh, once again our listeners thank you so much for connecting thank you so much for being here present with us and uh, just to give you some information in order for you guys to be able to connect with us uh, you can uh, you know uh, look at us in Instagram at sacreddynamics with 1D you can visit our website sacreddynamics.com also with 1D or you can join our Telegram channel at Sacred Dynamics one d 1D. 1D. And
0: there's a story about that. There's a powerful story about that. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Thank you. There. Thank you, our dear listeners. Thank you so much, Divine Self. Um, you know, this has been a beautiful experience, the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Until next time, stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence. Namaste.
1: Namaste.